I'm Donny Velasco and you're here with the Faith Feed Network. The Faith Feed is an initiative of the Catholic community in Greater Western Sydney, produced by the Institute for Mission, Diocese of Parramatta. To find out more, visit thefaithfeedparramatta.com.au. In the Faith Feed Network, we explore conversations about life, faith, and action in the world for those aged around mid-20s to 40s. We believe in facilitating this space where all are welcome, where questions are honored, and where human stories reveal our personal connection with the divine. Thanks for joining us today on the Faith Feed Podcast. Today's session is called Questions Over the Table. Here with us today are our regulars, Kim Chong and Francis O'Callaghan. Hi guys. Hi. In this segment, Francis, Kim and I will be drawing on inspiration from adults aged around the mid 20s to 40s. These people would on average identify among those who attend church once a year at Christmas. Many of them share the common language of mortgage and rent, career growth and change, starting families, dating or happily single. We've had the opportunity to ask them to share some of their questions of life and faith in this current season of their life. Having collected their questions anonymously in this segment, the three of us will draw their responses from a jar here and allow those questions to connect with us. Move us, prompt us, and start a conversation for today. In fact, if any of this conversation inspires you, feel free to email us on feed at thefaithfeedparamatta.com.au and perhaps we may draw your question from the jar. But before that, we begin this particular segment with a question about food and how that evokes life and faith themes in our own particular context. Um, we'll only get one of the three of us to actually share uh, for now. And yeah, I'd just like to see which, which of us would like to go first. I'm happy to start. Thanks, Kim. Um, my most recent memory of food happened to be in May during the month of Ramadan. Yeah. So um, I happen to work in the field of interreligious dialogue. Mm. Um, and that's about creating connections and friendships or building bridges between people of different religions, but particularly between Christians and Muslims. So um, a privileged part of my job is going to iftar dinners, which is when Muslims break their fast during Ramadan. So typically they'll fast from um, sunrise to sunset and the evening meal is generally uh, about bringing people together to break that fast together during oh, that yeah. month. And I went to a number of iftar dinners because they happened most nights during May. But the most memorable one was going to a home iftar dinner. Mm. And it was inside, uh, it was a family who I'd not met because it was organised by an organisation. Yeah. And um, I was invited to go along to break the fast with this family. So it was a very small, intimate gathering. Mm. And there were other people who'd been invited to this family with this to uh, break the fast with this family. Mm. Um, and that included... Um, people of different faiths, representing Catholic faiths and other Christian denominations as well as Jewish and other religions. And I guess the most memorable part of it was that Fatima, um, the wife and mother of that family, cooked mm. the most delicious meal. I still think about it to this day. Mm. It made my mouth water. It was fatouche salad with the little crispy bread bits and various right. dips that she made from scratch and beans in tomato sauce. And then there was stuffed eggplant and then there was seasoned rice with beef. Yeah. But I think beyond just the food, it was just all of us gathered at this table. Yeah. Just clearly we were there to learn more about Islam and the experience of being a Muslim in Australia and mm. to celebrate with them. But 
us gathering around that table together to enjoy this home-cooked meal in this home of this family we had just met, mm. just took it to another level. Mm. And we went from the kitchen table to the living room where we had dessert and tea and it went way into the night wow. and it was just a sense of communion. Mm. It, it, we sort of all forget, forgot that we were identifying, well, there is this kind of interfaith group mm. and just became friends and people. So... Wow. Mm. Part of my ignorance, but what's fatouche salad? Fatouche salad. Oh, it's just like you made it sound delicious. To, well, I had no idea well, what it is. My mouth was watering, and I'm going, the, I've got to look it up now. Yeah. It's like lettuce and tomato, <clears> and like, there may be a grain in them. I can't remember, but the key ingredient is this: is bread, but it's and it's a sort of a flat fried bread, so it's really crunchy and crispy, mm. and it will have like a sort of tangy vinegar, mm. vinaigrette type dressing, Sounds and it, you just want to eat more and more of it. Yeah. Well, thanks, Kim. You mentioned that deep connectedness that you you acknowledge in that space during those um those iftar dinners mm. um, and how you almost forgot that there was any obvious difference between the mm. person sitting next to you and you mm. were more similar than you were alike. So mm. thank you, thank you again for sharing. Um, we're actually going to draw one question from this jar um, again from those twenty somethings to forty somethings who asked that question of life and faith, and we're going to allow um, any of these questions here to evoke something for us, whether it's a question, whether it's another story, um, whether it's a reflection that's just kind of hit us in the moment or something that we've been chewing over. So who'd like to do the honours for the jar? Please. Okay. And Kim, when you get that question, could you please um, read it out so our listeners can, can hear what that question is? So the question is, how can I be less shy about asking questions when it comes to faith? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I think we're all shy. Mm. You know, I mean, even even people who, I mean, make it a key dimension of their work, they're still, still learning and they're still uh, trying to develop a sense of understanding and and it's not it's not easy to broach the, the topic with people mm. because we're living in a pretty diverse faith experience mm. and sometimes you can start having a conversation with someone thinking that it's going to go a particular way mm. and then discovering that it's really going a totally different way and, mm. you, and you're in a panic and you're backpedaling and you you've just said something that you might you might regret and if you're a person who's who's beginning that search for for i suppose meaning around faith mm. it's difficult to know who is going to enhance your understanding and who's going to build on it and, and, yeah. um, and who's going to perhaps um, who's perhaps going to challenge you? Yeah. Um, and in some ways, that's pretty cool, like to be challenged. But uh, but only only if you're if you're if you if you're recognizing the need for it, in, yeah. you know, in your growth, in, in the way that you're growing as a as a person in faith. Mm. Um, so I think I think we are all shy, but at the same time, I um I think it's a for me it would be about initially building some of those relationships with people that I I identified as living in a faithful way mm. and um and so then as as i grew in my relationship with them mm. and um then I, I and i got more comfortable with those people it's not a generic thing that you can you can't just type into google you know how do i believe but and i think that, that as you build those relationships i mean that's how jesus did it it's how the early christian communities did it they they came in paul turns up to a town becomes um, you know, a great asset with mm. his different skills and he builds relationships with people and all of a sudden they start asking him why he's so happy to be him. Yeah, right. Um, uh, and I think that, that that sense of relationship's really key yeah. um, in, in gaining confidence. Yeah. 
Um, just one thing you mentioned there on, you know, identifying people that perhaps you could broach that subject with. How did you go about that process yourself? I mean, similar to, you know, not being able to Google, how do I believe better? How do you find the person <laughs> that you feel like you can have these conversations with? Like, how did, how did you even do that? It sounds like a bit of a needle in a haystack search. It was, I mean, look, I, I don't know that I identified particularly with someone who's shy. Mm. Um, and so, you know, when I, when I grew up, my, my parents kind of formed me in, in a community where they, they introduced me to people of varying ages and levels of experience that were going to, that were going to help kind of form me as a, as a young person of faith. Mm. And so I, I was always around people who were able to, to model by their life um, and I didn't even realise how faithful they were because it was just part of their DNA. Like it was, yeah. it, it, they didn't, it, there wasn't any separation. Um, but I got involved in different kind of organisations and youth groups mm. as a kid. Um, I, started, I started to, um, I suppose, just turn up mm. um, to places. Um, and that's daunting. Like that's, too, that's super, even for someone who's really keen, that can be pretty daunting, mm. especially, um, especially when you, you, you're not quite sure what you're signing up for mm. or, or whether you're signing up for anything. Mm. Um, but I think part of it is around making, being comfortable. I, I had to be comfortable to make a lot of mistakes. And so I would say, I would talk to people and then realise that perhaps that particular worldview may not have been one that kind of, you know, was for me um, or that particular worldview just changed my life completely and I now had to kind of go and go in a new a new path. Yeah, right. And so you, it's a, I think it's a series of being comfortable with trial and error. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. And knowing knowing that not any one person, even, even those that you really look up to and admire, would ever say to to themselves authentically, I've got it all sorted out. I don't know all this. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah great point. Yeah. Um, I, looking at this question, how can I be less shy about asking questions when it comes to faith? I wonder what the context of the question is mm. and the person who's asking it. So are they shy about asking questions when it comes to their own faith? Mm -hmm. or that of others within their faith group or people of a completely different faith. But I think what sticks out for me in this question mm -hmm. is faith, I, my understanding or my feeling of faith is quite a personal thing. So I think if I was to put myself in this person's shoes and question why I would be shy about asking somebody about their yeah. faith, I would feel like I was maybe asking a personal question and I didn't. and if I didn't know that person very well... I'm not sure I would be comfortable saying, well, so what's your relationship with God, for instance? Or you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I think that for me would be where I would be shy about asking questions mm. when it comes to faith mm -hmm. um, and other people's experience of it. Mm. So uh, I think for me, being an interreligious dialogue, I have... I can be shy about lots of questions of other people's faiths because, I don't know, I don't want to ask a question that may be deemed offensive, for instance. Mm. I can't think of one an example off the top of my head at the moment. But I feel like eventually once I get to know people in that faith group and become friendly with them and get to know them a little bit more, I then may be able to find a way to navigate 
having that, asking that person that question, mm. for instance, mm. to find an answer. I mean, a, 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 an example might be why are men and women separated in a mosque, for instance. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't feel like I could just go up to a, a stranger and ask that question <laughs> yeah. straight out. It would have to be someone I know. So I would be shy about that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm curious as to the context of the question for this person. Mm. Um, I always feel like the shyness comes when they, when you're engaging in a conversation like that and then the question turns back on you. Yep. yep. So you start asking a question about a curiosity and faith and then someone gives you an answer that you might or might not like. Yes. Um, but then they ask you about where you stand. And mm. so anyone who doesn't feel confident about where they stand is struggling to engage in the in a dialogue yeah. because they don't want to have to they don't want to feel like they're going to say the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, you know I, I I think what you what you were talking about before Kim about the the fact that you kind of when you're engaging with people and then you're making observations and and so on it feels really natural to to show your curiosity. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I agree, the personal nature of asking someone about their faith, mm. that's so, it, it is personal. Mm. It, is, it, is a, it is a journey. I mean, uh, you know, we're kind of, we're called to be kind of witnesses, but mm. that's, such a, that's such a vulnerable place to be. Yeah. And, um, and I think that, the, that you can recognise that in the kind of the enthusiasm or fear of the asker or the seeker. Mm -hmm. um, and that, and I, yeah, so that really resonates with me as you talk about that, um, the way that you you have to again build that kind of connection with that, those people mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. because you're you're actually asking them to place a lot of trust in you mm -hmm. by asking the question. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, yeah, so thank you. Mm -hmm. And and it can often just in in the light of the, the way society perceives certain faiths at the moment too. A question like that could be a little confronting and you may come from, you know, it may there could be a defensiveness about when you could be innocently just curious. Mm -hmm. So there are sensitive there are real sensitivities about asking things that I feel are, you know, initially deemed as a, as personal in nature. Yeah. Yeah. Francis, just your your point on, on Kim's uh, sharing just then I yeah, I just love that perspective of um, what's going on for the other person and what, what inhibitions they may have. Um, I also like your point, Kim, on um, your sensitivity on um, whether or not you're being intrusive in something that's, mm. that's very personal. Mm. And you very quickly tie that to whether or not you have a relationship with this person, like a, um, a um, it's not quite acceptability, but yeah, is, is, it, is it safe to broach that subject with the person? Um, I feel like when I hear that question, um, you know, how do I ask questions of faith? Very often um, I find with myself I can get caught into the trap of speaking about faith and religion and spirituality in, in the headspace, a very heady conversation. Mm -hmm. And that then defaults me to asking a style of question of someone um, that talks to them as if they're this font of knowledge or they're supposed to have all the concepts aligned together rather than mm -hmm. just seeing them as they are. And <laughs> first asking a question of relationship <laughs> so it's straight to the idea for me sometimes and I'm like mm. you know I'm, I'm drilling you for an idea or a concept when really that's a bit of my own stuff that I'm projecting out to mm. this person mm. so yeah I, I thought that that sensitivity to, to someone and, and saying you know and start with the headstrong faith question first because 
normally that's just not what we do <laughs> when, yeah. when we have yes. conversations. Yes. We ask, how's your day? Who are you? Yes. I am, you know. Yes. Those things precede usually, I think, well, any conversation. I mean, how, okay, well, the question is how can I be less shy? So is there about asking questions when it comes to faith? So if we were to try and be a bit practical. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll jump straight into that. I don't because, know, there's no, another angle. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%. Being yeah. practical, it's a great yeah. angle. That's yeah. nice. Okay. Before we started, Francis, you were mentioning, um, uh, oh, actually, you, you mentioned that your parents form you not to be shy. Um, and um, if I if I heard that correctly. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I blame them. Uh, <laughs> I blame them for my for my lack of lack of humility and shyness. Yeah, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, they put a lot to me. Because I would I would say for myself, I am a hundred percent. Well, not hundred percent. It's probably two. But I would say for the most part, I see myself as an introvert. That when I'm in a public space or a public setting, and I move myself in that space, I feel mm. like, oh, what have I just given? And I do this thing that I call the, po- the post-mortem and I'm like did I say the right thing and I feel so fatigued whereas some of my other friends yeah. they would go into that social setting they'll come out buzzing and they're like oh wow that was the best that was the best social setting ever so I struggle in whether it's faith or not I struggle in terms of that shyness um, space um, and this isn't this isn't the best way forward but I used to see my dad who was this um, on the surface level anyway this flamboyant would talk to anyone kind of person start a conversation with strangers and try and find the, the connection somehow, um, as if they were somehow related before they even met. Um, and my parents, oh, sorry, not my parents, but my mom used to get so embarrassed because my dad would approach a stranger and pretty much divulge his life story. So he's the, <laughs> he's the flip of me. And I'm like, how do, you, how do you get a bit of that, you know, the positive energy of just sharing a bit of yourself and then asking on the other? So I think for me, it was um, a bit of raw modeling, not directly, but I just thought, oh, I wish I had a bit more of my dad's charism because I can just see how alive he was in that conversation um, and how surprised he was by the other person he was speaking with. Mm. Perhaps there's a bit of something that I'm missing out on if I don't enter into that, even if I'm anxious. So mine's a bit of a force away in the bridge. You underestimate yourself. <laughs> well, I still think I'm the introvert, but, but anyway. I, I, yeah, I <coughs> yeah. identify with the introversion too, yeah. a little bit. Practical hints or tips? I guess mine would be come with an open sense of curiosity. I think mm. if pe- if you are genuinely curious, they will know that your question has, you know, no agenda behind it or mm. what have you, perhaps. Mm. I always think about it. It's like my um, all of my kids when they try new sports, they're garbage at it <laughs> at the beginning. <laughs> at the beginning. And they, they don't like it and they hate yes. it. And, um, yeah. My my youngest son, we do they they, they do gymnastics and he's oh, wow. learning. Uh, or, well, you know, yeah. it's not really. It's fun stuff, kids yeah. stuff. Um, and um, and he's learning how to do different moves and he's got some really great moves. And then whenever he tries to learn a new move, he gets really upset and really angry and really I'll never be able to do it. The thing that we say is is that when you start out learning something new mm. and when you start out on a new journey, you're going to be bad at it probably mm. to begin with. And the, the key is perseverance and the key is kind of believing that what you're doing is important. Um, and so I would encourage those people who are shy, A, try, start small. Um, don't ask the big questions straight up, you know, kind of what's the whole point of the universe, you know, um, <laughs> you know to, to some neighbour as you're walking by. And start, start small and build, build a, a dialogue or a conversation with people yes. that you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then as you, as you find that you're no longer being satisfied by... By the by, by what you're hearing, because the people around you can't answer your questions, mm. you then start to to kind of broach and 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 step out. 
but generally you then don't want to do that alone. Mm. And so if you've got a, if you've got an advocate or if you've got someone that cares for you, like a mom or a dad or a brother or a sister, who's kind of on the same journey or something along those lines, then you engage them um, so that you're not, you're not alone when you're trying to um, step into a new conversation about faith. If you, if you, were to cultivate a bit of a relationship, bring it with people who, who they knew and, and say, listen, can we make some space? Can we make some time? Mm. Um, I think that that, you know, that mixed with knowing that it's probably not going to look the way you think it, it's going to look in the first first few goes. Mm-hmm. Um, you may not get the answers that you're looking for straight away. Mm. But if you, if you believe that this is something that's driving you, if you see yourself as being a seeker, mm-hmm. then it's something that you persevere with yeah. um, yeah. in little steps. And then you'll find that, you know, if you look back, you've travelled a long way. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's it. How about you, Kim? Any, any practicals um, apart from what you mentioned oh, already? I guess I echo what Francis says. Um, it is about sort of maybe initiating or, or cultivating an initial relationship where you can then sort of overcome that initial shyness to then start asking some, some questions. I think, too, you know, you can always before you confront somebody or ask somebody that you know a question about faith maybe just go in with a little bit and write some things down for yourself mm-hmm. do a little bit of reading mm-hmm. um, I always find that helpful to sort of expand your knowledge or her- your horizons a little bit and then if you still have those questions you'll have something behind you um, Another practical suggestion would be if you are asking another person just preface it by by being transparent about it mm. and saying, you know, I've got some questions and I feel a little bit awkward about asking them, mm. but I was hoping you could maybe help me mm. have some answers. Yeah. yeah okay. The Faith Feed celebrates stories of life, faith and action in the world. On our YouTube channel, you can find short and relevant videos of everyday people sharing insights into life and faith. If you're looking for a more immersive experience, we host periodic studio audience events. With live music and a bar cafe atmosphere, people from all walks of life come together to listen to select speakers sharing some of their personal journey in life and faith. Check the podcast description for more details. Part of these these segments is we we, um, like to ask a question around um, what's something helpful or unhelpful that we've seen in response to that question? We've dabbled, it, dabbled on it a little bit uh, with some of the things we've shared, but is there a specific um, occasion or experience where like, you saw something and you thought, wow, that's thumbs up. I would, I would do that again if I were in that person's shoes or, whoa, I'd steer clear of that kind of response because it wasn't very helpful. Is there any, any experience that comes to mind? I don't have a personal one of necessarily being the asker or the the shy person asking um, somebody about their faith. But I did um, attend a talk or was part of a talk on Christian Muslim relations Mm. and uh, a Christian woman from the audience had attended this talk and had come up to me afterwards um, with questions or biases or stereotypes that she really struggled with Mm. and um, I initially thought you know what she trusted me to come up to me and say you know what I struggle with some of a certain practice Mm. Um, I won't say what it is and you know I thought here's a woman who stepped out of her comfort zone a little bit Mm. and come to this talk 
yet she still has a bias that, that's been posed to me is this question, mm -hmm. why do they do this? Mm -hmm. And I couldn't help but rather than get on a defensive or what have you, just respect that she came with that question in the first yeah, place. Yeah, yeah, wow. and, and the fact that she had come to this talk in order to try to learn a little bit for herself and I could see they were baby steps and, and, I, and I couldn't help but think, you know what, that's okay to ask that question mm -hmm. and, and have that question even though I don't necessarily agree with her perception yeah, yeah. and I don't think the perception was the correct one. I did think she trusted me to ask it. Yeah. I think I answered it in a, in, a, in a way that I hope planted a seed that would have her maybe um, gain um, a broader feeling or understanding um, of others. And uh, But I couldn't help but respect that she yeah. came out with yeah. that question. It's like something that I heard um, Brene Brown said, well, she actually quoted, uh, I think it was Theodore Roosevelt, of mm. the person in the arena. I mean, mm -hmm. Theodore says the man in the arena, but the person in the arena, in this case, being that woman, and how you had respect for her. And I think Francis, you tapped on a bit of that by saying, um, you know, how much how much fear must the Oscar have? And yes. even if they have a strong opinion, yes. you know, even yes. if they have a strong opinion, it yes. doesn't mean that that anxiousness goes away. Um, yes. They would still have that with them. So, yeah, I really share that sentiment of just respecting the courage to ask the question. Yeah. Even when they have their own questions in, in their own minds. So, yes. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. How about yourself, Francis? Yeah, I'm a bit of a believer in the, t like, you know, come with the hour, come with the person, mm. to a person, so mm. to speak. Um, because I think when you need something, it, it, I mean, my experience has been if you're open to it, mm -hmm. it occurs. Yeah, right. So that right person to who is, who is there to kind of act as your as your support or as your guide or, or and so it just kind of it happens you have these special moments that in hindsight you how on earth did all of these things come together mm. at the right time for me to be able to move to move to this next step or this next idea yeah. um, but i think it's about i think it personally uh, the most successful versions of, of how to kind of cultivate a, a confidence in a shy person mm. is in vulnerability Mm -hmm. So when you when you as a as a person who's considered to know, um, honor your own vulnerability, mm. uh, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful kind of gift that they give to the mm. listener. Mm. Yeah. And um, I noticed that in a, a lot. Um, one of the I, I noticed that a lot in the the different kind of youth ministers that I engage with, you know, in my work, mm -hmm. the stories that they share with young people that demonstrate both their kind of extreme and wonderful experiences of faith but also their their sensitivity and their fear um, mm. and and organically these these you'll see this room shift and they'll start moving towards each other mm. and it's just you know it's incredible to behold um, and I'm jealous I'm so jealous because you, you hear these guys speak um, and it's just a it's, it's a beautiful story and it's it's sincere and um, and that authenticity just kind of, I think it, it bleeds that fear away. Mm. Um, and so you've got this this great experience where um, you know you've unconsciously allowed people to feel safe and vulnerable yeah. because you, as the as the as the focus of that space, are vulnerable. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And, and and you're still talking about it, and you're still afraid of it, and you're still, yeah. despite that, you know, you're still um, mm. continuing on. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah well, I was reading this. Um, this author reminds me of just something you just said. Um, who 
who was uh, talking about people seeking answers to their questions. And very often um, the person seeking, and I'll speak for myself as well, um, that we, that I'm not looking necessarily for an answer or the answer, but I'm looking for, for meaning. I'm looking for what it means for me. Um, and it reminds me of this quote uh, uh, in talking on vulnerability. Um, when vulnerability meets vulnerability, there's intimacy. And what could be more meaningful than, than intimacy, you know, when, when you have that sharing of, you know, I don't have all the answers, but here's where I'm at and I'm prepared to journey with you, how, how empowering that can be for someone, how much meaning that that facilitates for, for someone. Um, I don't have quite the example that I was um, thinking of that, that matches a bit of that story, <laughs> but mine was a bit of a, um, an uncanny one that I saw that was helpful. Um, it's actually from my chemistry teacher who was um, actually my teacher in year seven, year eight, year 10, and all the way through to year 12. So a lot of the years I shared with this teacher. Um, and he was quite explicit about um, not necessarily prescribing to the Christian tradition or the, or the Christian faith. But he always encouraged me to ask the question. Camillo, ask the question. There's no, there's no wrong question to be to be said. And for someone who's an introvert who didn't like talking, and to know that you know no question was crazy in this person that I respected, then that gave me a kind of freedom to just say, all right, I don't care what, how I'm perceived as I ask this question. It's really on my heart, and I want to ask this question, and so I'll, I'll ask it quite freely. And so I really, you know, tip my hat to that teacher. Um, uh, yeah, he was actually still at the school. I still see him every now and then. He doesn't know who I am, but I just love the fact that he was able to facilitate that um, that safe space for me to ask my questions. So, yeah, and thank you each for your, your sharing in that. Um, to, to cap this um, segment, as we do in each of the segments, um, we finish off with a question as we started with a question. So the question to, to finish off this segment until we see each other um, either next week or the next time we do the podcast um, is how does any of this conversation, anything that we've shared or that you've shared and it's suddenly hit you, how has that influenced the way that you would live life in faith um, until our next session? Well, I would have to say just what you said about your chemistry teacher and him taking the fear away out of asking questions, mm. I think. And then here we have how do I be less shy about <laughs> asking questions? Yeah. So I think um, it's about, if I can quote Wilka, Living the questions. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think questions are just what makes us creative beings. Yeah. It's what opens us to start exploring and being curious yeah. and wondering and maybe having um, being able to encounter a sense of awe through those questions. Yeah. So I think what you had just said is probably um, what I would take from here today is yeah. just how important questions are from the jar. <laughs> questions from the jar. Wow. wow. How important it questions are. Circle, right? yeah. It needs to be the end of the segment. <laughs> That's, <it. laughs> That's great. That's we can do a splice. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. can go at the end. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think hearing hearing you guys and hearing us all kind of discuss that um, that person who is kind of always curious but never necessarily confident mm. it was about trying i think the takeaway for me at least for, until we did, until we see each other again and i get a new challenge um is to try and figure out how to be a kind of a culture evader of that space for others mm. um mm. and and perhaps most importantly i, I realized um recently 
that um, as a teacher we tend to we tend to be in a like a really fast you know have you got the answer have you thought mm. think about the answer okay now mm. you've thought tell me the answer mm. kind of, and and oftentimes with so many people who really need to ruminate on their on their yeah. thoughts and really kind of wonder and question and perhaps don't have the confidence it's about actually having the patience to sit in the awkward space of the yeah. silence and waiting and being and waiting for that for that to come yeah um, and so I think I'm gonna I'm, my my endeavor will be to um, to allow the space to be vacant um, in order for perhaps those questions to come yeah yeah, yeah. Um, oh, now I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> I was feeling a bit of your response with, um, and I was going to ask, is that how you pronounce the surname? For the longest time, I didn't know how to pronounce the surname. Rilke? With a bit of an A sound at the end? As in the poet. Yeah. 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 So I thought you were saying my surname. Oh, no, 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 well, I've heard Wilkie. Yeah, I've heard that too. So, yeah. I say Wilkie. Must Google him. You say Wilkie. So. <laughs> I say potato. You say potato. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I will. That's how I pronounce it, but doesn't necessarily mean it's correct. Yeah, no, I think it's bad. I, I like how it was, yeah, it was pronounced without inflection at the end. But I think a bit of that of learning to um, honour the question in the other, in, my, in myself as well, what questions are going on for me. Mm -hmm. And a bit from yourself, Francis, of... Um, uh, well, I, I paraphrased it in my own mind into some sort of practical approach, which is to first listen and then to ask a question on the other first before I even speak my mind, just to start off the curiosity with something mm -hmm. tangible like a question back to them that isn't, you know, um, aggressive, but just genuinely curious. So how can I start conversations with a genuine interest on someone else? Thank you so much, Francis and Kim, for joining us in this segment. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks great for having to be us. For those of you tuning into today's segment, thank you for joining us. Don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe on your preferred listening platform. Alternatively, visit the Fade Feeds website to stay up to date with our latest content. If something in this segment inspired a bit of your own curiosity and questions, we invite you to get in touch with us. All links will be provided in the description. See you next time.